This is The Space Shot, episode 215, for December 15th, 2017. Gemini 6A, Star Wars, and some news. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. Today's episode is releasing a bit later than normal because I wanted to talk about a launch that happened just earlier this morning. But first off, I've got a little bit of space history and a little talk for Star Wars The Last Jedi. On December 15th, 1965, Gemini 6A launched on a very short mission to test rendezvous techniques that were critical for the Apollo program. Gemini 6A rendezvoused with Gemini 7 shortly after liftoff, The spacecraft met in orbit to test station-keeping and docking techniques that would be needed for flights to the moon. While these spacecraft weren't equipped to dock with each other, they came within feet of each other, which allowed for most of the techniques to be tested. Just a few days prior to liftoff, Gemini 6A had a launch abort. One second after the Titan II's engines ignited, an electrical connection came loose, which caused the engines to shut down. Luckily for astronauts Wally Schirra and Thomas Stafford, the Titan didn't rise off the pad, which would have resulted in an explosion that could have killed them. They didn't eject from their Gemini capsule after the abort because they hadn't felt any upward motion. Had the rocket lifted off the pad and settled back down, it would have exploded, and that's why the Gemini spacecraft had ejection seats for this type of instance. Thankfully, the crew was alert enough that they realized their rocket hadn't moved, so they stayed put. Once in space, Gemini 6A met up with Gemini 7, and for nearly five and a half hours, the spacecraft took turns maneuvering around each other, which was the first time that spacecraft had maneuvered with respect to each other by humans. The pictures that were captured during this mission are some of my favorite of the entire Gemini program. Sadly, this mission ended as soon as it started. After just under 26 hours in space, Shira and Stafford re-entered the atmosphere, splashing down in the Atlantic Ocean, where the USS Wasp was waiting to recover the crew. I saw The Last Jedi last night in a tiny theater here in Pier, and it was really good. This brief review is going to be spoiler-free. I also want to see it another couple of times to really get a full opinion of the movie. Overall, I enjoyed The Last Jedi a lot. It was visually spectacular, and the story was pretty dang good. The opening sequence left me holding my breath a few times. Definitely a good way to start off a movie. The lightsaber fight scenes are phenomenal, and I think they are the best ones yet out of the entire franchise. I guess my point of contention with this movie and The Force Awakens is with Kylo Ren, who is about as interesting of a bad guy as Anakin Skywalker was in Episode 3. On Twitter, I mentioned that I think Kylo Ren is the Jar Jar Binks of bad guys, and that statement stands. His character could be so much more, and the fact that it isn't, I think is the biggest disappointment for me in the newest Star Wars movies. Maybe some people like him, and perhaps I'm just a little bit jaded, but Adam Driver playing Kylo Ren gives me flashes of Hayden Christensen playing Anakin Skywalker. But hold on here, even with the issues I've had with the bad guy in the last two movies, I am excited about the direction the franchise is taking for future movies. 
On another note, the scenes between Luke and Ray are fantastic. And also on that island, the little porgs, these adorable little penguin dog, just kind of cute animals that populate Luke's island, are really cute. The Last Jedi gets 4.5 porgs out of 5. I've got two pieces of news before I end today. Blue Origin has released footage of Mannequin Skywalker, a test dummy that rode a New Shepard rocket on a suborbital flight. I'm linking to a video from Blue Origin that shows the rocket launch from liftoff to landing from inside the New Shepard capsule. The video runs almost 12 minutes long, and it's really cool to see from launch to landing. The views out of those windows on the New Shepard are stunning. You can sign me up for the next test flight. Finally, SpaceX successfully launched the CRS-13 mission to the International Space Station just a few hours ago. This flight is the first to take off from Slick 40 since the mishap in 2016 that damaged the launch complex. Upgrades for the pad will help SpaceX launch the Falcon 9 more efficiently, so even an unfortunate event like the loss of a rocket and satellite ended up being positive in the long run. In today's webcast, SpaceX confirmed that the suit from reentry will stay on rockets going forward unless it's deemed beneficial to repaint parts of the rocket. The rocket used today originally flew as part of the CRS-6 mission in April of 2015. After landing, it was refurbished, and with its launch and landing today, it's now flown to space two times. It will be interesting to see when SpaceX relaunches this rocket, as their goal is to launch as frequently as possible with minimal refurbishment done between launches. SpaceX confirmed a successful launch, deployment of the Dragon spacecraft, and landing of the Falcon 9. What a way to start a Friday. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I appreciate those of you that have left a review. It really means a lot to me, and it does help more people find the show. If you leave a review, screenshot that review, send it to me at John Molnix pretty much anywhere on the internet, and I'll shoot you a Space Shot sticker and a little thank you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice. That way you don't miss any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.